welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of The Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website at hitthatline.com for all types of great interviews, articles, podcasts, videos, whatever it is dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. Going to get into a lot of different things today. I mean, my goodness, what a day it was. I'm going to try to break down this biggest scandal in the NCAA dealing with the feds. Has something to do with a former actress on Full House? No, I'm not making that up. We're going to talk about that, get into some other sports stories as well. But I want to start off talking a little spring football because it is upon us. And it is fun to talk about spring football. And it's fun to talk about football because, let's be honest, it's football. It's exciting. It's fun. It's what it's about. And Chad Morris was able to meet with the media yesterday and talk a little more about what's going on in his scrimmages, what's going on with this team, where they're at now, mentally, physically, all that fun stuff. But one of the things that really stood out to me and continues to stand out to me was when Chad Morris brings up the mindset and work ethic and how different it is now than it was a year ago. I hammer this point home and I discuss this point a lot because it fascinates me. It fascinates me because last year was so bad, so terrible, that it's even worse than what we saw on the field. And the re- worse than the result that we saw where they went 2-10. and 10. It's worse than that. It was worse than that. And I think a lot of comments have been made from a lot of uh, different players over that span and over that time, talking about their time at Arkansas and, and what Chad Morris brought to the table. And a lot of them have been more frustrated about it. The more that you hear from them, you could tell that they were frustrated during the season, just like the fans were. But it's very evident that no one really wanted to buy into Chad Morris. Well, I shouldn't say no one. There was a lot of players that did not want to buy into Chad Morris for whatever reason. I don't know if it's Chad Morris's deal I don't know if it was just the players not wanting Chad Morris to be their coach. I don't don't know what it is. But what I do know is that this has been a really big struggle for Chad Morris to try to get his players into this program and the old players out, which is not necessarily a bad thing. It may be perceived that way, but it's not a bad thing when all things considered. What I like about what Chad Morris is doing is that he doesn't care about hurting anyone's feelings or getting guys in a position to where they can play a little bit just because of who they are or where they came from or what their background is or anything like that. He's trying to get the best players out there. At least that's what I'm hoping and that's what I'm seeing. And for the most part, a lot of these players, especially from the ones from last year and the ones that were under Brett Bielma, did not seem to really want to go out and earn their spot. They didn't want to go out and earn their spot. They wanted to be have it given to them. And they wanted to be comfortable with that spot. They didn't want to push themselves. They wanted, didn't want to go all out for a, a coach that they didn't want, that they didn't choose, that they didn't probably agree with his philosophy and how he did things. They didn't want to go all out on it, so they just wanted to go through the motions, get a year of football in, and move on. At least that's what you're hoping, right? That's what we're all hoping for is that that was just an anomaly. That was not going to be the classic deal where Chad Morris is going to go through this every single year until all the players from the previous regimes are weeded out. But there's no doubt that there was a lot of trouble on the horizon. And if you're Chad Morris, 
it's such a difficult thing to do. We had Tyler Wilson, former Razorback quarterback, on our show this morning on the Morning Rush. And one of the things that he talked about and how he was a true freshman when Bobby Petrino was first head coach at Arkansas. And there was a lot of players on that team, when he, as he is a true freshman, that were Houston Nut guys, upperclassmen. They did not choose Bobby Petrino. Bobby Petrino was chosen for them. A lot of them did not want to buy in. A lot of them did not want to play. And a lot of them did not want to put in the work. But what did happen is Bobby Petrino came in and said, if you're not going to play, if you're not going to go by my rules, if you're not going to buy into what we're trying to do, you're not going to play. I'm going to play these freshmen. I'm going to play Joe Adams and Greg Childs and Jarius Wright. I'm going to play those guys. I'm going to play these defensive linemen and these linebackers that probably aren't SEC caliber, but I'm going to play them because they're buying in. And the rest of you can graduate and move on. Or you can transfer and move on. But either way, I'm rolling it with these guys. And I think it was a rude awakening for Chad Morris last season to where now he's flipped the script. He's going with that mentality now. He tried. I think he tried to play the nice guy last year. He tried to play the card of, listen, I know that you're an old coach. It's a tough day for you because this is not a thing that you wanted. It's not a situation that you wanted to be put in. This is not a situation that is ideal for any college kid to have to go through. I understand it, but here's the thing. We're going to lock arms. We're going to hold each other close. We're going to lock it in, and we're going to go out, and we're going to play football for each other. Cool. Sounds great on paper. But did that happen? Not in my view. So what was the issue? Well, Chad Morris can't go along with what that was again last year. He can't just trust the players, and especially the upperclassmen, the guys he didn't recruit, to just be leaders. To go along with his system, to go along with what he believes. And trust him enough to do it. Because they didn't want it. So Chad Morris, after seeing how disastrous last season was after seeing exactly how terrible it can be if not everyone's on the same page and how brutal the SEC and SEC fan bases can be if your team sucks after him seeing that it was a wake-up call and he is not going to have that again I think it was becoming more and more evident as the season went on but I think we all can remember exactly when the straw broke the camel's back for Chad Morris. When he came out after that Mississippi State game where Arkansas just got obliterated, and he said that performance was completely and totally unacceptable. That right there, I believe, is when Chad Morris woke up and said, I can't do this with this group. I can't be the nice guy. I can't be the guy that's trying to make everyone happy and everyone like me. I can't do it because I can't trust them and because they don't have the mental capacity to buy into what I'm doing. So instead of me trying to change them, I'm just going to change the team. I'm going to change everybody around me. I'm going to change the culture. I'm going to change what we do how we do it, and who does it, and when. I'm going to change it all. I'm not going to rely on anyone else. 
I'm not going to rely on these upperclassmen under the previous regime to be leaders. I'm not going to rely on any of these other guys, on any of the other staff members to just go along with it and to say, you know what, I can count on you because you've been there. You know this team. You know what they're about. I know that I can rely on you. No more. I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to change it. You can get on this boat or you can stay at home. But it's moving. That's what Chad Morris figured out last year. And that's why you keep hearing comments being made about change of work ethic, change of mindset, change of mentality. We hear it all the time, not only from Chad Morris, but from the other players too. Guys like Rakeem Boyd, guys like Cheyenne O'Grady, guys like that. Like to me, that is why Chad Morris has to get it done at Arkansas. Because he woke up, he got a lesson learned. And that's not something you want to hear. You never want to hear an SEC coach have to learn something. Chad Morris has only been a head coach for a little bit. Four years. His record in that stellar. He's at a big-time program in Clemson, but it's not an SEC school. He was under Dabo Sweeney. He came in where the culture was already established. He's got to get his players to buy in. And I have zero issue with doing whatever it takes to get those guys in, to get the team bought in. If that means cutting players, cut them. That means removing scholarships, remove them. This is an SEC school. This is SEC football. You need to drop dead weight. And you need to drop it fast. Because you got to put the left lane and hammer down, right? And that the moniker, and that the motto, full tilt boogie, all of that. You can't do it when you got 800 pounds of dead weight on you. Cut it off. Get it going. Get your guys in. And only, and I mean only, play the ones that want to play for you. May not win all the games, but in the end, it's going to be better for you and your program. Don't let anyone get away with anything. Be the bad guy if you have to. Because all the great coaches at Arkansas and any sport played bad guy a lot. Good men, but the bad guy. Dave Van Horn, not afraid to be the bad guy. Nolan Richardson, not afraid to be the bad guy. Bobby Petrino, not afraid to be the bad guy. Don't be buddy-buddy. Be a winner. Be a coach that can get Arkansas to next-level heights. In the end, fans and the players will appreciate you a lot more for it, I guarantee it. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. This might be one of the weirdest stories I'm going to attempt to explain via podcast. <laughs> I'm probably not going to do a very good job of it, but I'm going to try because this has been a huge scandal that's been put out there and released that keeps having a bunch of different layers that has a bunch of different things that it's it's not even really my place to explain. I'm going to do my best. Again, I'm going to try 
probably won't work, but if I mess up on it, just go online and read the story because I do want to give my reaction to this. So anyways, on Tuesday, the FBI announced more than 40 indictments in a wide-ranging case involving parents paying for others to take their children's college entrance exams, including the ACT and the SAT. Athletics were also involved, as elite institutions have often have lowered their academic standards for athletes. Among those indicted were Hollywood stars Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin. Now, Lori, in case you, that name really stands out to you. I know some of you probably know Felicity Huffman, too. But Lori is Aunt Becky from Full House. Like, if you thought that you had seen it all, if you thought that in some way the one of the stars from Full House was going to play a role in one of the bigger NCAA scandals, not only with athletics but also with admissions, one of the biggest scandals, you would be correct. Now, a lot of this was how this was basically done. It was various ways. But people were paying, parents were paying for people to take their ACTs for their kids and all of that, which is bad. But what was really weird is that you had certain schools, like for instance, the Stanford Sailing Program. Yeah, that's an athletic program at Stanford, sailing. Those coaches and those athletic directors and those people that would be involved would be bribed to have their kid put in on a, quote, scholarship, using air quotations on that one, for the sailing team, even though they weren't going to sail, but they would be bribed with a made-up scholarship, a fake one that didn't exist. These people would be paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, and in some cases, like the situation at USC, Athletic director or associate, and someone in the administration was paid $1.3 million as a bribe for their kid to get into school, just to get admitted into school. Hey, check this out. And this one's the example from USC dealing with the football program. It's the only one that was involved was USC. Of course it was USC. So court documents show that there was a bribe that allegedly took place to get a kid into USC as a deep snapper. <laughs> so... They tried to get him in on scholarship as a deep snapper, but it's there's no there wasn't it didn't exist. So I won't really bore you too much, but basically this was what uh, the parent who was trying to get their kid in was saying about and talking with the person that they were bribing and trying to figure out a way for their son to be admitted as a long snapper, even though he wasn't going to be a long snapper. He said the parent said, "quote." You know that my son took a year off of football this year and just says he needed a break and will play next year. So given that, and they say he's not the team's star, but he's a good, solid player, would he really have to have an athletic edge? My son is a natural, but he's gotten the message that he's not big enough for college football. I think that's one of the reasons he dropped out. How would he have an athletic edge at a bigger-name school given the other players are huge? The person who they were bribing responds with, he needs to go through, get in through football, so my relationship at that level gives him a shot since that is the sport with the lowest grades. Notre Dame and Vandy, lowest football players are 3.4 and have to be big-time players, cannot hide him there. So the parents said, response said, okay, got it. Should, her son, should my son go back now this season, or can he be back as a senior? The person that was bribing says, I got it covered, no worries on the story for your son. And they respond, parent responded with four heart emojis. So you're talking about some serious stuff here. 
It's beyond just college athletics. It's beyond football or anything like that. You're talking about rich, wealthy people bribing administrators, athletic directors, people involved at major universities, bribing them with hundreds of thousands of dollars for what? So their kid can get admitted into school because they didn't have the grades to get admitted on their own accord. That's impressive, folks. That's stupid impressive. Like, when I was reading this story, I thought that people who had money could just make a phone call and do it this way and just say, hey, can I get my kid? I'll, uh, I'll buy a building, okay? I'll build a new library. You can name it after me. Get my kid into school. What happened to that? Why don't you just do that? That's the old, good old-fashioned way of doing it. But instead, you're exchanging bribes, cash money. Having made up scholarships for athletic programs like the sailing team at Stanford, softball teams, gymnastic teams all across the country, places like Yale, just to get your kid admitted. And, you know, it really made me think, it's like, how in the world did I get into the University of Arkansas when I had a 2.3 cumulative GPA? Maybe you need to talk to my dad about that. Maybe he made some phone calls, started making some bribes. That's neither here nor there. Anyways, this is just a crazy story. <laughs> and the fact that Aunt Becky from Bull House is involved, I think makes it probably that much funnier. And it's sad, but it's still funny. Let's be honest. I, I know that making light of a situation, how serious it is, and how there were certain kids that didn't get in because the other kids that were paid and that were bribed were able to get in over their kids, yada, yada, yada. Okay, I get that. But just take it on, on the surface of things. Take it on what it really means and what it really does. Because as I as I had fun with it, I was like, I can only assume that Steve Urkel was the whistleblower on the whole thing. You know, I guess, was it Mr. Belding from Saved by the Bell? Was he the one leaving burner phones in the city trash cans for potential recruits? <laughs> Maybe Al Borland. He must have done the one providing the hookers and cocaine for recruiting trips. <laughs> Al Bundy, did he? I mean, was he finally getting recruited? I mean, that's that's how ridiculous this story was, but just a fantastic story all around. So there you have it. I don't know what's going to happen from it. All I know is, is that this is a huge and budding scandal that goes beyond college athletics. I'll be curious to see if any other coaches or any other people get named in this or if anybody got into the University of Arkansas based on some other bribe instead of just on their own merit. Here's the thing. Money can give you a lot of things, folks. It can give you happiness. I don't care what anybody says. Money, people say that money can't give you happiness or people that's never had money before. Money can give you happiness. But with money, you think you can do anything. You think you're invincible. You think that just, hey, if you flash a few dimes here and there and boom, you can have the world. But when you mess around with something like this, and when the feds get involved, it's more than just a simple, oh, I take a couple dollars here and there and take care of my kid. It's a much more serious thing. I don't know exactly how the money was exchanged, but as the great Charles Barkley once said, America, don't commit crimes with checks. So hopefully they didn't write a check. But if they did write a check and that's how they got caught, karma, <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 
All right, final segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Uh, this was a weird story that came out real early this morning dealing with Russell Westbrook, where him and a fan got into another altercation. When I say another one, it's because it was a dealing with a Utah Jazz band. They always get into it. For whatever reason, they always get into it. So at the, after the end of the game, or there was caught, let me start there. there Russell was caught on video threatening a fan. I'm going to clean it up for you, but he's basically saying, I will F you up. I will F you up, and then I'll F your wife up. Essentially, what he said, pretty serious stuff. It's like, wow, I couldn't believe it. And then Russell Westbrook came in after the game and talked about what the guy said and mentioned what he said and said how horrible it was, which is something you shouldn't say to a player. I, I agree with Russell on that one. I shouldn't. I, but the fan was given his side of the story, and he said that that never happened. You know, We didn't say a single cuss word, yada, yada, yada. Anyways, it was a big ordeal. Russell Westbrook has been fined $25,000 for directing profanity and threatening language to a fan, and the fan has been banned for life from Utah Jazz games. I, I th Here's the thing. Everyone's like, I'm team Russ. I'm team fan, whatever. Listen, they're both in the wrong. Fans should never say horrible, expletive things to players. Just because you paid money and just because you can sit there close to the court does not mean you can say whatever you want. Get into the game. If you want to talk a little trash, that's fine. But there are lines that don't need to be crossed. And the fan crossed the line. And Russell Westbrook, don't be an idiot in threatening people in the stands. I don't care what they say. I don't care what who they're with. But you saying that you're going to do that to someone's wife? Can't have it. Won't have it. Shouldn't have it. But I think then the last, in the grand scheme of things, the, the last laugh was given by Russell Westbrook. $25,000 a pop. This is just a piss in the bucket the fan though getting banned forever from utah jazz games it's probably a little more serious appreciate everybody listening into the locked on razorbacks podcast be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on itunes or on google play you can also get after me on twitter at rush john neighbors for any questions comments concerns that you may have we'll keep it going from there same podcast time same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon have a great day everybody we will see you then You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.